Hello and welcome to the Go Tell That Story podcast, where we turn business owners just like you into unstoppable strategic storytellers. Now, what does that mean? It means telling stories that demonstrate your business impact so you can generate dream inbound leads that can't wait to work with you. Stories with insight so you can position yourself as an expert and raise your profile. And stories of inspiration so you can make an emotional connection with your audience so strong they'll happily pay a premium when the time comes to buy. Let's get started. I'm your host, Nico Ceballos-Jones. I'm so glad you're here. So without further ado, let's go tell that story. Okay, today we're going to be hearing some stories from Audrey Woodhouse. Audrey is founder and director of the Complete Performance Coaching Organization, Honestly Speaking. Prior to that, she was an award-winning actor seen on the BBC, ITV and Channel 4 and in theatres across the UK. Now she's an entrepreneur and an expert in her field, helping thousands of clients to speak, present and scale up their overall performance to achieve their full potential. Pretty good. Audrey, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thank you, Nico. How are you? Oh, very well, very well, thanks. Thanks so much for, for coming on here. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's great to talk to you. Fantastic. All right, then. So we'd like to begin with basically asking our guests to give a brief snapshot of what their business is all about. So tell us, honestly speaking, what's, what's the big idea? Honestly speaking is, in a nutshell, it's my passion. Um, I want to help people look, feel, sound and be the best that they can be. Anybody who is ambitious and driven to take themselves to the next level in their business or in their career actually, so any individual who feels that they should be in a management or leadership role and then when we look at executives and leaders who are often speaking to their teams, standing up and delivering TED talks or major presentations. I help them write and plan the whole of their speeches. I direct those large scale productions for them. Obviously I teach people to speak and present well. That's my that's my area of expertise and my specialism on top of the coaching. I'm helping them to completely deliver the best version of themselves in order for their business to be thriving and to grow. Love it. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, and it's been good to see how this has developed as well, because um, like we met a couple of years ago now at a networking thing, yeah. um, a regular networking event. And I always like just style your vibe, but also like the level of expertise and and like, you know, real, you know, detailed work that goes into this. So it's been cool to see it, see it develop. We're going to hear more about the whole thing from from multiple different angles right now if you are ready to tell some stories yeah absolutely it's funny that you've said actually just about um how you've seen my business grow since we met because i think i've grown as well mm. um i remember going to those first initial networking meetings and really not enjoying them and <laughs> having to really think about all the things I knew about myself <laughs> and all the things I'd actually learned um, in order for it even to feel like a great experience for myself. So <laughs> now teaching it just feels even more rewarding. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how things can develop. Like, oh man, that particular networking group that I went to regularly, it was during the time when I was first trying to 
sort of moved beyond the realm of freelancing yeah. and I was trying out different ideas and trying to find something that stuck and trying to learn how to talk about stuff and looking back it's like it's cringeworthy like some of the stuff yeah. I was saying but it was a crucial level of experimental failure like just, just trying stuff and yeah. without that there's been so much stuff that's happened over the, over the intervening years but you know it's led us to this really cool point which is story captain which is these strategic story cards which leads us nicely into as regular listeners will know this podcast is brought to you by story captain we've got a massive collection of what we call strategic story cards each one will help you tell a different story about your audience yourself your business or your industry now i've sent a selection of story cards to audrey in advance and she's chosen the one she's going to tell today but when audrey tells a story i'm going to give you a list as that unique story code which you can then enter into the free story captain app unlocking that story card that gets you thought-provoking questions and prompts that you can use to tell your own awesome stories that your audience will love so audrey what is the first story card that you've chosen the first story card that i've chosen is crucible of learning crucible of learning it's a particular favorite of mine it's from the connection makers category usually quite personal really good for inspiring that emotional connection with your audience crucible of learning the question is this was there an interesting place where you learned your craft an inspiring environment perhaps including a great mentor that's had a really lasting impact on how you do things so listeners if you want to tell your own version of this story for your business the code to enter into your story captain app is learning 3424 that is learning 3424 so audrey tell us what was your crucible of learning so obviously i've had years 30 years and more in the performing arts industry as a professional um I trained from the age of four, but I left school when I was 16 to start my first professional job traveling abroad, dancing wow. and singing. Um, and I took quite a lot of uh, breaks. Well, I call them breaks. It wasn't a really a break because I kept having to take time out to carry on doing professional work. And then I would jump back into my breaks to do studying because I absolutely loved learning about the intricacies of my craft and all of the specialisms and um, whilst I was at university studying acting I would say I'd already spent by the way a good six years as a professional in the industry but I wanted to do this degree Um, I would say I learned some really major things about myself about performance and about what really works for me and I did have an amazing teacher at university and I was very lucky he I'm sure he wasn't really supposed to be there because he's like a world-renowned um physical theater director he's very very well known in the industry in the UK and his name is John Wright um I will be forever grateful to him and he was working with me on a project that I'd co-written with somebody else which in the end did lead to me winning best actress award and the play won best play award and we went to Edinburgh festival fully funded it was amazing wow I was in the room working on a section of this play with John and he said stop there And I went, okay. And he went, right, do that again, but do less. Mm -hmm. So I did it again and I did less. And he went, no, 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 no. 
do less. So I did less. And he went, no, Audrey, do less. So I'm thinking, I'm not doing anything now. And all of a sudden the emotion began to rise because you kind of have this feeling of defiance and frustration because you're like, no, I am doing less. The thing is, when you start doing that, you end up trying harder and you mm -hmm. create this kind of resistance towards breaking through into a new zone. Yeah. And obviously, I felt this physically and mentally at the time. And I was a, a wreck. I was a sweaty wreck by the end of it for doing less. Mm -hmm. But when I got to a point that he was happy with and he went, thank you, Audrey, <laughs> I realized that I'd got to the point of giving up yeah, and just giving myself up to what will be in the moment. And that meant I was showing up as myself completely. I'd let all the idiosyncrasies go. I'd let everything go. I'd stop trying. I'd stopped overcompensating, overperforming, all of those things. I'd just given it up. And at that point, I became absolutely real and vulnerable. Yeah. And that is the point where you get full, authentic connection with your audience because they go, oh, yeah, I see you, I get you. And yeah. That to me was a massive learning curve. And it's very, very difficult to teach it. It's very, very difficult to actually learn it and own it. And I'm so grateful to him for teaching me that. And I, I carry it with me in everything that I do. When things are getting hard and I'm feeling that resistance build up inside me, that feeling of, no, I can't do it, or it's too hard, or I need to be pushing harder. I pull back, I take a step back, I reassess, I open myself up, let it go, and listen to my intuition and become vulnerable. When you're standing in a space and you're speaking and you need to connect, whether that be with an audience, with your teams, with one person, it's really, really important to do less and just be there and be present. And that's when you make these magical connections, the lasting ones that leave an impact. Yeah. Nothing's forced, nothing's contrived. John actually hated that. He used to say to me, yeah, let's do it again. It's feeling contrived. And now I get it. You know, when I'm asking people to speak all of the time, I'm saying, no, 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 don't say what you think you should say or what you think people want to hear. I want to know what you want to say. That to me is just the best lesson I could have ever learned. Well, well, let's stick on that point because it's a super interesting one and it's one that you hear over and over again, stories about it, like they echo and, and, and compound throughout different industries, especially the creative industries. And I remember during my like sort of failed years as a novelist, this idea that you're always cutting, kill your darlings, they call it in writing, like cut the stuff out that is just flannel, that's purple, purple patches, and what's left springs into life. When I was a, mu a musician for a while and in loads of bands and learning, it's like, what's the first thing you do when you learn the, gu the guitar? It's like harmonies, 
more, 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 and, and, and like just, you know, six, seven, ten tracks of guitar. And then the last thing you learn is how to do the most with less. Like, what can you do with just an acoustic guitar? Less, one string, just a voice, just a breath, you know, and, and that's where it works. And it makes me also think of an amazing quote, if you go and search on YouTube for Ingwe Malmsteen uh, saying, more is more. And he's like a Swedish metal guitarist. And he's like, just, it's the absolute extreme of what you were saying of just, it's as many notes as possible. It's as quick as possible. It's as extreme as possible. And he's sort of saying, you know, some people, they say, uh, you know, less is more. And I was like, how can that be? More is more. <laughs> but then you go and listen to his stuff. And it's, and it's like, you listen to it at the, at, the, at, the at the beginning. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. Literally a minute in, it's like, that, that's, that's all there is. It's just, it's one level. And what is initially impressive becomes boring, becomes noise, becomes forgettable. Yeah. so it's this thing it's just a constantly recurring thing of less is more it's easy to say it's hard to do what do you do now with your clients to because like i said it's hard to teach and the thing with being young or being early on in the learning process is you can say that to someone but but my, my sort of point of view is you almost need to make that mistake to understand it so how do you bring that into into what you do for your clients yes i think um you're right it is really difficult to learn which it's brilliant that you asked that question because what you've done is you've led me straight into being able to describe why there are many aspects to the services that I offer. Mm -hmm. Because when you're working with somebody who, for example, wants to improve their speaking and communication skills, you cannot just teach that because that is like handing over a load of tools or say bits of costume that you throw on and you go yay that's me done well we all know that actually the bits of costume are just the icing on the cake if you don't embody the actual character then the costume means nothing or if you have the tools they're great great to have in your toolbox but if you don't know how to use them and apply them for the specific job that you have, then they're useless to you. Just like giving speaking and commu communication tips. So what I do is I work with the whole of the client. I go back and I really work with that person to look at where they are in their life right now. I look at what's important to them, what's valuable to them, what drives them, what motivates them, what are their pain points right now, what's niggling them. And we put all of that in place. We, we get it right. We get it balanced so that then a person can feel relaxed and confident and calm about being more open and more vulnerable when they stand up to speak. Because this is, this is the baseline. Yeah. You know, you can make all kinds of mistakes. People talk about public speaking and like, oh, you know, do your TED talk and you mustn't say an er uh or an um or the, and I think, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I teach those things. I, I understand. I, I know all of the tricks of the trade. Mm -hmm. Of course I do. But you know what? An audience will forgive any mistake you make if you are authentic. They will love you if you're authentic. They will love your mistakes if you own up to them and take, you know, allow them to be part of you. That's all absolutely fine as long as you are real. And you can't do that. You can't show up as authentic and honest and open 
if you haven't challenged yourself to put all of those niggles and difficulties within yourself to rest and accept and own who you are. So that's the process that I go through. Still, when someone stands up to speak, I will still say to them, okay, and now do less. And they will grin at me and they'll go, now I get it. The circle is complete. I love it. Yeah, that's fine. Oh man, that's such a great story because I've really enjoyed that because again, more echoes in terms of what we do in terms of the authenticity thing not to bang on about it, but yeah, it's that difficult thing of breaking everything down to the absolute basics, being really clear on them. That could be difficult, but it's kind of what you have to do to unlock the real good stuff. And then that's what people actually like. That's that's what people respond yeah. to. It's it's a fact. So I love it. All right, then. Well, let's, let's move on to the next one. Because let's say that someone um, likes the sound of this and might want to, you know, take some steps. The next story might have some relevance on uh, to that. So, so Audrey, please tell me, what is the next story card you've chosen? Fear Factor. Fear factor, hugely relevant from our jump starter category, which is all from your audience's point of view. Great for demonstrating that you understand what they are going through. Now, the jump starters are evergreen, which means you can tell these kinds of stories over and over again with different topics and subjects. So fear factor, the question is this. Think of the part of your audience that's right at the start of getting to know you and your industry. What's something they could be genuinely scared of, stopping them from opening their minds, even to the possibility of learning more and getting those early results listeners if you want to tell your own version of this story for your business the code to enter into the story captain app is fear three two zero one that is fear three two zero one so audrey what is a fear factor for your audience massive fear factor for my audience is the fear of public speaking Mm. so Um, I just want to say outside of that, there are those people who aren't afraid of public speaking, but they're afraid of developing their public speaking outside their safe zone. So they're a little bit tainted as well, a little bit stuck. (laughs) But those who are afraid of public speaking, I feel for them because something bad's happened. They've had a bad incident where they stood up to speak and it's put them off for life. They've just decided it's not for them. So it could be they raised their hand in class in primary school and they got a bad reaction. It could be that they turned around to their friend and said something and their friend laughed at them and the group around them in the playground also laughed. It could be that when they went for their first job interview, they completely bombed it and they thought, you know what, I just can't string two words together, that's it for me. It it could be that they actually, like myself, are, and I know you might struggle to believe this, but <laughs> naturally shy, shy and introverted, sure. as I was when I was young, cripplingly Surely shy. not. I was and they've decided that's it for them they've drawn a line under it and gone no that's me that's that's who I am therefore I don't speak and I I really feel for these people because what that fear is doing is holding them back from their full potential so it's really weird because your full potential just sounds like jargon of course Mm -hmm. it does because everyone says it but I think Allowing yourself to be the voice in the room and deciding to be the voice in the room in the way that you choose to be that voice and when you want it 
when you want to use it is really really key it's it's so 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 important um you don't have to be the loudest voice in the room to be great at public speaking you don't have to shout from the rooftops um, and there are many, many different levels and very many different ways of speaking and connecting and communicating. The thing is, you just have to lean into it. You are never going to be okay with speaking unless you actually speak. You've got to start somewhere. So dipping your toe back into that pool of water is the first step start speaking whether it be to the person next to you whether it be the friends in the classroom whether it be around the boardroom table whether it be behind the lectern to your teams you might not have spoken for a while you might be a ceo who hates speaking and i know a few of those they're just like audrey i hate doing it so i hand it over <laughs> to somebody else and i'm like yeah but you're in charge you're you know boss. you're the one that's leading this whole organization and if you don't stand up to speak how are you going to bring everybody on board it's so common so it it literally can be from the child in the classroom right up to the ceo it can even be the speaker the professional speaker who is thinking i literally only do what i know i can do i won't be doing anything else because right. they're too afraid yeah. You've got to keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and try the next thing in order for you to grow and know that you're going to be okay. Mm. Just try it. What is the worst that can happen? I think, you know, if we say, so all the disasters in the world happen, will you handle it? Usually people go, I guess ultimately, yeah, I will. So then the next question is, if you know you can handle it, what do you have to fear? And the answer is usually nothing. Yep. So once we start to think about that, then being afraid of our own voice coming out of our body into a room just seems nothing. Yeah. It's a it's a drop in the ocean in comparison to everything else that's going on what is the worst that can happen i think you know obviously i'm, I'm trained as a singer and as a speaker v voice is really really personal mm -hmm. it's our instrument you know we can tell a person or tell who a person is sorry without even looking at them because we've heard their voice from meters away or from however far away it is that we happen to be hearing the voice we can tell who that person is. It's it's ours. It's unique to us. And I think that's where the vulnerability comes in. You know, we, we're sometimes scared to let that out and to share that. But the only way you feel, feel good about it and feel confident about being heard is by actually getting it out and knowing that everything's okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, there's, there's so much to unpack in there. The, the bit that resonates for me is this, um, the tragedy of like an early experience still having an effect in adulthood Yeah, is, is a, is, is sad, isn't it? Because it's, um, you mentioned that thing about, oh yeah, reaching your full potential. It sounds like a cliche, 
but it has to be quite wide because it, it like you said it's completely different for everyone so if something you know the person you were when you had that formative experience obviously it just, it's like what you were saying before about so much development can happen the fact that it boxes you off and boxes you in and I think what you're saying about people drawing a line under it, like I've done that with my, myself with loads of different things. You, you just sort of accept because of a decision you made a long time ago, oh, I can't do that. That's not yeah. me. Yeah. And it's just not the case, right? And it's uh, part of the gig is helping people get around that, which must be hugely, hugely rewarding. So maybe the follow-up question is, clearly this is you know what you spend a lot of, lot of time doing. How does it feel for you when someone gets past that fear? And how do you see it making those people feel? when they get past their fear? Like, what's the, what can that moment be like? And it must be quite a singular moment where they go and do the thing they were scared of. What's it like to yeah. experience that? Yeah. Um, I mean, God, this is the best part of my job. Oh, my God. I mean, it's why I do it, because it has such a, a massive effect on me. Like, the sense of fulfilment within me is massive. I've just, I've just actually gone like that with my jumper. Sorry, you won't be able to see this if you can't see the camera, but I've literally rolled up my sleeve because I get goosebumps. I, it's a physical response for me. So I'll see somebody stand up and speak and they have overcome the most debilitating stutter or stammer, which has actually come from a psychological um uh, a, a decision it, it's something that's happened with them where they've decided this is what I'm left with and actually being able to reverse that and helping somebody to be confident enough to eliminate it and stand up and speak is amazing for me because then they're like yeah oh my god I can stand up and speak to anyone I can go to that interview I can get that job I can lead I can tell people how I feel I can hand over information, I can teach, all of these things suddenly unlocks all of that. Having someone come back to me and say, this time in the interview, I didn't choke. My voice didn't cut out, I didn't sweat, I didn't get a rash all over my face, I didn't forget all of my words, I actually spoke, I actually said what I wanted to say, and I got the job. I'm like, Oh my God, that is amazing. <laughs> or when somebody stands up and they deliver a presentation to the rest of their organization for the first time, and they don't just do it like with a few PowerPoint slides. No, 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 they do it all bells ringing. They've got music, they're walking around the <laughs> stage, they're reaching out and connecting with their audience. They're, you know, they're using props, video, they are literally living out their dream. They visualized how they wanted to be and they are actually doing it. And I'm seeing it and I'm thinking, oh my God, that's from the work that they did with me. And it, it it's, I feel like I'm in the best job I could ever be in. We've had a conversation before where you said, you know, do you sort of miss acting? Do you miss that part? Mm -hmm. No, the, the what I got out of acting is nothing compared to what I get now when I see my clients get what they want and actually sound and behave and be the person that they wanted to be when they came to me. Yeah. yeah. It's it. I mean, and it happens so often 
so I'm buzzing a lot of the time. You know, it's it's a it's it's honestly it's <laughs> such a rewarding thing. Um, and I have to pinch myself that I actually created this job for myself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really cool. I mean, and this is what I love about what we do and the people that you know story captain works best with is there's this recurring theme of the reason everyone's doing it is because they want that buzz and yeah. it's yes it makes you feel good but it's it's because you've made someone else feel good and made a real difference to them and yeah. that you know your origin story it, it mirrors mine a little bit in that you know i was an animator videographer making spectacular videos getting good at the craft and that was my buzz but when you know i'd make a brilliant video and that's great oh brilliant well now it's on to the next one to get that buzz again mm. more 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 so now all these things with like robots spaceships like spectacular stuff happening and then what gives me the biggest buzz now is just helping someone tell the most basic story the most basic video yeah. but it makes them feel good and then and then beyond that you know there's instances where it will help people unlock things inside themselves about their business and by extension themselves that they then put into place. So it's a similar sort of thing, right? That's yeah. that's the buzz is helping others. And it's, uh, yeah. like you say, sometimes it's like, did that just happen? Is that would be really yeah. able to, to do that? But it's, it's where it's at, isn't it? Yeah. Um, fantastic. So, all right then, well, let's, we'll take a, little, a minor detour into the next story, which is um, going to dig into a bit more detail about another, another side of this. Uh, so if you're ready to kick it up a gear, what is the next story card you've chosen? I have chosen Bygone Age. Bygone Age, right. This is the first time we've had this one. I've been excited about this. Uh, glad you chose it. It's from our credibility booster category. These stories dig a little deeper. They're basically for when your audience craves more information. They're kind of ready for, you know, industry level thought leadership. So Bygone Age, the question is this. Let's look to the past to better understand our future. What used to be an accepted way of doing things in your industry that's now long gone? Is that a change for the better or are there positive aspects we can make use of in the here and now? So listeners, if you want to tell your own version of this story for your business, the code to enter into the Story Captain app is AGE5472. That is AGE5472. So Audrey, tell us, what is a bygone age in your industry? Gone are the days when you can stand up in front of anyone, anyone, and speak from a lectern and a powerpoint presentation okay you must not do that anymore <laughs> why that sounds pretty good yeah nice so so yeah still i'm going to a lot of uh, uh, speaking events and seeing many presentations and going into businesses and organizations and seeing leaders with a very well prepared powerpoint presentation and uh, their notes neatly typed up or on their laptop placed on, on a lectern and they either look to the notes mm -hmm. or read from the powerpoint and that is their presentation and if we're lucky they will look out to us a few times because someone told them that they must look up <laughs> yeah and and the difficulty with that is it's very boring and it's disconnected. It's boring because it is disconnected. So nowadays what we're thinking about, what we must always think about when we're standing up to deliver any, any bit of information is how does this connect to the audience? Why is it interesting to them? Mm -hmm. 
otherwise why would they be there and you know I, I speak to some people and they say to me no but all of the data has got to be delivered in this presentation so I've put it all on these slides and I'm like yeah but that's 120 <laughs> slides each slide with about 300 words on it so you're talking and they don't know whether to read from the slide or listen to the words you're saying so how are they going to receive that information how will they remember any of it and sometimes you've got really diligent people in the audience with a notebook taking down <laughs> notes reading from the slides taking down notes and you know what they will close that book they will walk away and it's very unlikely they will ever open that book again <laughs> and look at those notes so it's it's so out of date it's and not useful at all not at all so let's look at what is next so we're looking into the age of now so if you're going to use a powerpoint it should be something which reinforces your message which connects to your audience so you need to have done research you need to have done some research into who your audience are and why they want to be there to listen to your message what are they going to get out of it this is another john wright thing if you're listening to the whole podcast you know who i'm talking about and he goes they want to know what the sweets are they okay, want to know what sweets they're going to get <laughs> okay. or or another one if it's boring who's going to buy the ticket i think this is a brilliant one you know if we're going to go and watch something or listen to something and we would normally pay for it it better be good otherwise we'd never buy the ticket so if you translate that into all these people sitting in the boardroom why would they buy a ticket to see or listen to this what are they going to get out of it and if they're not going to get anything out of it then you're not doing your job properly so your powerpoint should only be there to reinforce the words reinforce what you're going to say it should have very few words on it. Mm -hmm. It should be images. You should incorporate props and music, anything, even smell, if it means that it's going to get your point across, whatever it may be. Smell. Smell, yeah. Um, well, think about that. So you can be walking down the street and you'll pass somebody and they might be wearing some kind of Lynx deodorant that you wore when you were 10 and it will take oh, you straight yeah. back to that point in time yep. and a memory. Yeah, olfactory, olf the olfactory response is like the most power, one of the most powerful psychological tra like transporters. Yeah. It's insane, it's, it's like borderline scary, it's amazing. Yeah, so, and and for some it's it's, it's the overriding sense, you mm -hmm. know, for some, that's the most important sense for them. So imagine that you can transport everyone back to a, a time in the eighties, just by giving them back <laughs> that smell. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Use it. Why not? Why not? Uh, because not many people do it even better. <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah. You remember yeah. it, right? Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. You should never read from your PowerPoint. Never, ever. The minute you start to read from your PowerPoint, you look like somebody who doesn't actually know what they're talking about or hasn't bothered to take the time to th really think about what they're going to say.
-hmm. They just wrote it down. Now, that's a shame because you might have spent hours writing it down. But if you didn't take the time to really own those words and know why you're saying them, then it's they're redundant. They just still belong to that page. They still belong to you sitting there typing them out, hoping that it pleases somebody. Yeah. It, you're not back in the schoolroom. You're not trying to tick boxes and impress the teacher with amazing jargon and data and ideas what you're actually trying to do is make sure that the people listening to you get what they came for mm -hmm. yeah if you've got data and stuff give it out in a document say so yeah. there you go i'd just like to tell you that 90 percent of our team are really happy 10 percent are unhappy i think it's because of this oh and if you want the in-depth data it's in that document there take a look at it later yeah. Not and so do, 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 hours and hours and then because everyone goes actually now it's ten percent unhappy uh, yeah ten percent happy ninety percent unhappy because we're bored to death so yeah I think really think about connecting with your audience knowing who they are doing everything you can to get the message across and focusing on them and the message not on yourself. Mm -hmm. I say that finally because quite a lot of the time our negative mind chatter creeps in and we go, say it quickly, say it in the time we've been given, give as much as we can in the time we, as we've been given. So cram it all in, rush through, do all of that. Because if we don't, someone's going to judge us because mm -hmm. we didn't give enough information. We didn't say enough words. Forget all of that. Forget all of that. It's not about you. No one actually cares about how clever you are, how much information you're gonna cram into 10 minutes. No one cares actually about your hairstyle or how you look. They care about whether you are interested in who they are and what you're gonna give them. Mm -hmm. The rest is, is you wasting time thinking about yourself. Sure, yeah. You haven't got time to be self-conscious. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's it resonates again. I mean, I've been quite fortunate. I don't see a ton of public speaking, but the ones I've seen recently have been good. And, and the pattern's been, yeah, b bullet points at most on a slide. Yeah. And it's clear that they're just talking. They're almost using the PowerPoint as, as triggers. To yeah. just, okay, I'm talking about that and then go. Yeah. And that's kind of what... Um, well, you'll, you'll do it to a much more advanced standard, but it, it's sort of what we're after is just asking the right questions. And if it's the right kind of person and they've, and they've always done their, you know, their, their internal homework and got everything set and they're in this position of a massive predisposition towards talking about their audience and how they help them, then it all just comes out naturally. And that's what you can, you can sense. And apropos of nothing, I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at schools for our, our kids to go to at the moment. Yeah. Um, we watched a couple of videos this morning just you know the standard videos that are on youtube or whatever for each school and one of them was just a collection of shots from the school and basically teachers off screen reading from a script mm. and it, it was just like the press release so two minutes in you know the, the kid was, was watching it with us and the, the, she was bored she was like i don't want to watch this one yeah. and it's like i get it and this could all be true that's the thing that's the, the tragedy of this is I, I bet it's all true but anyone can say that. Anyone can type that. It's the same thing. It's on every single website. And then yeah. the other, other other one was just, it was clear that it was like slightly lower budget, but it was teachers on screen and they weren't reading from a script. And there was ums and ahs in there, but they were looking straight down the barrel and I believed them. I believed what yeah. they were saying. There's some parents on there, same thing. 
<laughs> and that counted for a lot. Um, yeah, it does. That's, that's what I, I think. I think actually that I mean I see that more uh, in in larger organisations, especially where staff are overworked, people facing on a daily basis, yeah, and they're actually not given the luxury of the time mm -hmm. to actually plan a presentation or think about how they want to deliver it. They're actually under pressure just to get information across. Yeah, yeah on a very very basic level but that this is this is the crime this is where those organizations are missing out massively because the information is lost anyway they might as well have not bothered to even stand up and speak because they weren't given the time to really think about how it's going to come across and the best way that they can do it and you know be creative with that um and our human voice and our connection is more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. um, it really is. We're so globally connected and we can't hide behind emails and phone calls and text messages. We've got to find a way to connect as, as we, as best as we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. People crave it, right? People are craving it more and more. Right then, now we're going to take a brief interlude from the stories to shine a little spotlight on something important that's going on in your business right now, Audrey. So tell me, what's happening right now? Um, I'm very excited to say that I have written my first independent online course. Um, wow. And the reason why I did that is because I wanted to make it accessible for those who wanted to be in a group setting, part of a... A larger network and um, I've made it online so that people can access it easily on an evening and um, and also it's it's valuable you know you obviously all training is valuable but it just means you it's condensed and you get everything quickly with some feedback and conversations with other people in the group and so that that growth and development is is fast paced and so that you can start to put things into place and take action as quickly as possible and I timed it for the beginning of the new year so that it would it was like Perfect. a business reboot for all those people who are ambitious um they're they're in business they're feeling a bit stagnant or a bit lost and they need some clarity or they need to really think about boosting their communication so that they can uh, can grow and it's called the complete performance scale-up program nice because it looks at all aspects of your performance um from how you're performing in terms of uh, your health, your fitness, your family mm -hmm. life, your finances, your your business choices, knowing that you need to do some stuff but you're not doing it for some reason, um, letting things slip and slide while something else is taking focus and it's about bringing it all up into balance and deciding what realistic goals am I going to set and what am I actually going to do, what are the things that are going to hold me back, what are the barriers... How am I going to get around them and actually do it? Set some dates. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to look at um, the, your personal development and, and how you achieve professional success by looking at your, your values, your vision, 
your why, your purpose. Then we're moving on to your professional identity. So what is your personal brand? And and deciding what that is and describing what that is in your words in a creative way. So we're not looking at your job description or mm-hmm. your business um, in very basic terms. We're looking at what you actually do to make an impact on others and the world around you and why you do that. That is your personal brand. That's what it is, not just yep. your job description or the description of your business. So really, really looking at that and then looking at how that is streamlined across your social media platforms, in your text, in your letters, in everything that you send out on your website, all of that stuff. How is it all streamlined so that we get a really good sense of who you are and it's all connected instead of fragmented and disconnected? Then we're going to look at how you take that information, how you take your new robust self with your vision and values and your goals and actions all set and in place into networking and building your pool so that your business can grow then we're going to look at how you can pitch for success so again we can use all of the things we've learned so far and think about how we are going to pitch for more funding how we're going to pitch for new business the kind of words the kind of behaviors we need to adopt in order to make sure that we succeed and get what we want and then we're going to spend a module looking at giving killer presentations because you know I love to help people to speak and present well to give that presentation that's going to make sure they succeed get what they want people listen they get take-homes there's a lasting impact and relationships are built. So it might be that even you need to build relationships with other people in your organization and it can help you with that or it might be that you need to give that presentation of your life for your business to grow. So I've got that in there as well. And then after that, you're gonna get a nice little Q&A and um, a, a session where we sort of discuss everything that we've learned and what steps we're gonna take next. Um, and that's just your January and February. So imagine how that's <laughs> really going to set you up for the rest of the year. Wow. And another reason why I'm excited about this is because 23 is my lucky number. Okay. And it's 2023. And I think, yeah, this is the time. This is the year. <laughs> and it's going to do me just as much good as it is everybody else on that course. And it's just, you know, two hours a week with me and a group of other people on that you know, on that Zoom and then spending some time during the week and getting your head into a fantastic place. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. That is, by the way, advertised on my website. You can go to my website and you can sign up and there's an early bird offer until November. We like early bird offers. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, well, give us the website address then. The website address is www.audreywoodhouse.com and don't forget, when you spell my name, it's <laughs> A-U-D-R-I-E, not E-Y, as everybody would spell their usual Audrey's, but I'm not a usual Audrey. No, indeed. Well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. All right, fantastic. Well, look, that sounds comprehensive, to say the least. And um, yeah, it sounds fantastic. So definitely go check that out. And it's going to lead nicely into this next story. So, Audrey, what is the next story card you have chosen? I have chosen Mistaken Identity. Mistaken identity. Okay, 
Great one. Now this is from the brand builder category. These stories really dig under the skin of what your business is all about. Very powerful when it comes to building that following, but you need real clarity of thought to pull them off. The question is this, for mistaken identity, if someone were to glance at your offering for a fleeting moment or got some incomplete information from a friend, what might they mistakenly think was the only thing your business did? And what's the reality of the special stuff they missed? So listeners, if you want to tell your own version of this story for your business, the code to enter into the Story Captain app is mistaken4449. That is mistaken4449. So Audrey, please tell us about your case of mistaken identity. Yeah, I think people often make the big mistake of thinking that all I do is teach people to speak better. And I think if that's all they think, then they're very quickly going to say, yeah, but that's not a priority in my life right now. Right. Um, and I do get that. That's usually to do with fear, actually, because people are afraid of speaking. So they're afraid of having public speaking training and, and they put it to one side. It's not all that I do. It's my area of expertise and mm -hmm. my specialism. I'm very good at teaching it. I'm very good at empowering individuals to speak as, as individuals, being unique and taking up their space in the world in the way that they want to with a unique voice. The way to do that is to work with the whole person, which mm -hmm. is why I am a personal and professional development coach with all of the coaching aspects that you would need for, your, for you to grow and for your business to grow. I'm an NLP practitioner, so helping you use tools to help you feel confident, combat, combat anxiety, find new ways of thinking, um, move forward in your life more confidently. Um, I help people make really brilliant career choices. I help people smash interviews. Um, I help people overcome very debilitating forms of mindset and low self-esteem, all of those things, in order for them to get what they want. So there is so much to what I do. One minute I can be having a conversation with somebody who is struggling to make a decision about what they do next in their business, and the next day, I can be at the back of the room watching a presentation delivered by my client to a thousand people and getting goosebumps. And that's mm -hmm. because that client needs me there to give them support and direct them and make sure they move around the stage properly. So there are many, many different aspects to my role. I enjoy each and every one of them. And I wouldn't drop any of those aspects because I think that actually they all come together to help me provide a complete service, taking care of the whole person. Um, and I think a huge mistake is to think that this is soft. These are mm -hmm. soft skills. It's so dynamic. You know, you can actually change your whole, whole thought process, your whole set of actions and your whole set of outcomes by working with me. And that is so powerful. So that it, it can change your life, your finances, your business, your personal life, your health, 
the way you appear to the outside world. To me, that's so important. So yeah. important and liberating. Yeah, massive impact. I love it. And yeah, it's, it's almost a recurring theme when, like you say, you got really good at your craft. I think it happens with a lot of people in a similar position who get really good at something. They almost use that as the foundation on which to build their real thing, which is their unique take on, right, how do we take this, amp it up, and actually get some real some real results. So sounds great. Look, I've learned a load about what you do. And yeah, when we first met, that was kind of what I would have thought. It's like, oh yeah, it's about personal, it's about speaking, 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 speaking. Now I've been, you know, properly educated over the course of the last, last hour or so. So let's say, look, um, I like the sound of this. That's going to lead directly into your final story. So please, Audrey, what is the final story card you chose? Concern Squasher. Concern Squasher. This is a really important one and relevant right now where we are in about 2022, staring down the barrel of some difficult times. This is from the calls to action category. Now, as the name suggests, these stories are about asking your audience to do something that should edge them along their buying journey. Has to happen at some point, folks. This is a business podcast. Don't shy away from it. So Concern Squasher, the question is, if someone was all ready to buy from you, sorry, if someone was almost ready to buy from you, what might keep them awake at night worrying if they were about to make the right decision? Time to put those fears at rest. Listeners, if you want to tell your own version of this story for your business, the code to enter into the Story Captain app is CONCERN7921. That is CONCERN7921. So Audrey, time to squash that particular concern. What have you got? Yeah, I think life is really difficult for a lot of people at the moment. I think um, if you are a leader of an organisation, you have to really consider everybody else in that organisation and make sure that you don't take um, risks that put everybody else at risk. Equally, if you're running a small business, you have the same concern. Equally, if you're a solopreneur and you're ambitious or even the manager in a part of a team, you are concerned at the moment about jobs, you're concerned about finances, you're concerned about tightening your belt and making sure that everything is efficient. And I think everybody knows that working with somebody like me would be brilliant for them and mm. it would be enjoyable and enlightening and fun and life-changing. But I think they don't trust themselves to take that leap because they're worried that they might not achieve what they want to achieve. Mm. And I do get it. Um, I have to say, as a single mum and as somebody who has worked for themselves for a very long time and who set up my business out of my own ideas and my own passion, I've been in places where I've known that I need to invest in myself and in my business to grow. But instead of doing that, what I did was I pulled back mm-hmm. And it was like a hedgehog. I curled up into a ball and put on my protective armour and thought, I'll just sit here and wait it out. And then when the sun comes out again, I'll come out and everything will be fine. 
But what happened was I, I isolated myself. I, the size of my business reduced. I felt lost and confused because there were people around me who were still moving forward and refused to be affected by the climate around them. And I was standing still and I was stagnant and it scared me to death. So instead of curling up in that ball to feel comfortable in a comfort zone, I felt like I was in very scary shark infested waters and I felt terrible. And I know that a lot of people are feeling that. That is a scary place to be. That is where I would like to squash your concern and I would like to tell you to open up to take up your space to be really really sensible don't put yourself in a difficult position but if you know that you can invest in someone like me and use my services to expand your own self as well as your business do it do it don't hold back we we're in a in a world where there will there will always be something difficult going on if it's not this year it will be next year if it's not a war if it's not covid if it's not health issues within your own family if it's not another financial crisis god we've been through a few actually <laughs> there will be something so we either decide, are we going to shelter from the storm all of the time and just close up and stay small? Or are we going to open ourselves up, see the sun and rise with it daily? You know, we are in charge of our own climate mm -hmm. and we must be sensible. I'm not telling you not to be sensible, but we must make choices which are right for us and our own growth and development because it's important to us that we are happy. So imagine yourself feeling that you have got all of your ducks in a row, you've got your house in order, you've made a plan, a realistic one, and you've set yourself some goals. Imagine feeling supported and considered and authentic and knowing what is important to you and trusting the choices that you make. And now imagine how you will look and feel and sound and behave when you're in that position. Now visualize the best version of yourself having learned all of those aspects and learned what it feels like to stand in that space and take it up wholeheartedly. And then imagine being given the support and advice around how you connect and communicate and speak and present yourself to the outside world so that you move forward in the way that you want to delivering the best version of yourself and and see how that feels really visualize it what does it look like to you what does it feel like what is going on around you when you're in that great space that is why I need to squash those concerns <laughs> and help you to understand that now is the time to be doing it 
when you're scared and feeling like, oh my God, this is hard. Actually, now is the time to take some action, improve yourself and move forwards towards what you want. There we go. Strong stuff. If not now, when? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All yeah, right. Well, it's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, look, I really enjoyed that. I think you, you did it. You did a great job of that. Um, that last story. Tough one, but I think it pitched just right. I loved it. So, AudreyWoodhouse.com. That's Audrey with an I E. That's where you can go to find out more. So, Audrey, look, thanks so much for coming on. And in fact, I mean, you are possibly the first official Story Captain client at this point. So how's your, so this, basically the process that you've been through on the podcast is effectively the same as the, the, the service that we're giving you, choosing yeah. stories via the story cards. So how, in that context of your own, you know, business and making your own content, how has your experience with the story cards been so far? Relatively early days, but how's that yeah. been? I think it's great. Um, I, I, this is actually a situation where I've had to go put your money where your mouth is and go with it, Audrey, because mm. you need to do this next thing. Um and it's funny because when you do that, you learn. So it's been a learning curve for me to to think differently about how I put my stories out to the world. I found it very difficult before. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not best friends with social media, but I know I've got to get better at it. So this really encouraged me to really think about what I wanted to say, to really think about. I mean, because already there's a style and a design around the way that you do it, which I'm really happy with. And it made it easier for me to enter into it because I, I felt it was safe because it was already beautifully designed and presented. I always have a problem with the way things look and feel on social media. <laughs> yeah. and am I coming across as a, mm-hmm. a professional expert or just somebody who's sitting at home like desperately tapping out social media posts because I'm hoping to get a client that's not really how I wanted to come across because it's not how I feel Mm um I feel like I want to have a voice and say things to the world in a way that feels good and comfortable for me and so this has helped me because it's 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 made me step up my game it's made me think about how to have more clarity around what I want to say and um, be more deliberate. Beautiful, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a lot of what you were saying before. You know, the um, it it does ask a bit of you, and you have to have your ducks in a row. But it's all stuff that's in there. But it can it can be like like trying to retrieve a diamond. It's you know it's there. It's you got to hack it out, present it in the right way. Yeah. All we're doing is asking the right questions in the right way at the right times, yeah. presenting them the right way. All the magic's with you, and I think it's um it's fantastic. So look, Audrey, thanks once again for coming on, and I've really enjoyed it. So um, I'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Okay, that's all for today. But if you'd like to find out more about what our business does, head to storycaptain.co.uk where you can take the Unstoppable Storyteller quiz. Find out where your own storytelling strengths lie and what you need to do to start getting results. And don't forget the free app where you can start unlocking story cards right now. But that's not all. If you want to become truly unstoppable, there's a killer service where in one magic hour a month, we can interview you remotely and turn your stories into incredible, authentic content for you 
all ready to rock on your social profiles. That's all strategically driven by our five-step unstoppable method that removes the pain from the process, gets you all the rewards of story-driven content. We're talking dream inbound leads, elevated respect in your industry, and the freedom to charge more for what you do. That is storycaptain.co.uk. I will see you there. Until then, I've been Nico Ceballos-Jones, and it simply remains for me to say, go tell that story.